Hey, good evening. Welcome to Get Rominger on the phone. Uh, tonight we're having a First Amendment throwdown. That's right. I'm going to uh, put the First Amendment in a headlock, double Nelson, a triple Nelson, whatever it takes to get the truth out. Uh, first, we're going to start with a little calling out of the three wise men of Facebook. If you're a follower of my Facebook page, you probably know who the three wise men are. They comment on everything. Uh, one of them claims he only comments when I'm getting something wrong, but somehow everything I don't know about, he knows about. It's very reciprocal. What do they represent? Well, they're old white men, kind of like me. But they bring the three wise men of Facebook. They bear gifts. They bear the gift of ignorance, frustration, and anxiety. You know, the world is de-whiting. The world is turning into a multicultural, pluralistic state. Uh, that's true of America. You know, it's the, it's the dying gasp. And I'm going to tie this to the entire movement that we've been seeing, the dying gasp of the wasp, of the white elite. You know, do I really believe all that stuff? Eh, I think most people, white fragility, um, I don't, I don't really buy into all of that. What I do buy into, though, is the idea that most white people think that we live in a post-racial world, and most people who aren't white know that we don't live in a post-racial world. And of course, I'll get some guy like I did the other day, one, I don't know if it was one of the wise men or their assistants who said, oh, but Carl, you don't understand, like, just go into a bar of this ethnicity and see what happens. Okay, there's racism from all races. It doesn't mean that there isn't racism. All right. But the reason I'm calling out the, the three wise men, uh, they don't want to believe anything. They inflexibly believe that Donald Trump or whatever of the complaint of the day is couldn't have done anything wrong because by criticizing that guy, they're somehow supporting the other guy. That's not how the world works. The good news is they love to comment on stuff, but the investment of listening to this show would not be something that they would actually do. So I'm not really worried about them hearing about this, right? Uh, or paying any attention to it. So let's get right into what's going on in the wide world. Uh, Steve Bannon is being indicted tomorrow or picked up and surrendering himself on charges in New York. And I heard a lot of people online saying this is double jeopardy. Uh, those of you who know me know, I know a few things about the law. It's not double jeopardy until a jury was sworn. So let me give you an example. Paul Manafort went to jail, Trump pardoned him, and New York tried to charge him, and the court said no. He already had a jury trial, and New York gives double jeopardy protection against New York state charges if the identical or similar charges were already prosecuted federally, all right? That's how Manafort succeeded. Bannon got his pardon before he went to trial, meaning there was no jury sworn. And traditionally in Pennsylvania and pretty much everywhere else, including New York, we would say that jeopardy attaches once the jury is sworn. Now, if there's a mistrial or the jury doesn't reach a verdict or the jury does reach a verdict, um, it's when the jury is sworn that jeopardy attaches. So since he got his pardon a little prematurely, they were running out of time, right? Trump was about to leave office. Since he got his pardon prematurely, he will face the charges in New York. The allegations, I guess, that he embezzled about a million dollars um, from a charity. That's a pretty easy one to prove. The money came in. They advertised the charity about building a wall. 
And they said none of the money would be used for personal expenses. Only 100% of the money would go to build the wall. It was collected under those pretenses. If in fact they can show that Bannon took that money to his own benefit, uh, he'd be guilty of the charge. So he either is or he isn't guilty. It's a pretty simple and straightforward matter. Uh, I assume the government can lay out what they claim they can, um, but it could be a political prosecution. We'll wait and see what evidence comes out. Uh, if I were Bannon, I would be worried about it because if he gets convicted of this charge uh, before he gets sentenced on the other federal charge, they may use his conduct against him. It's a little different than normal. I want to turn our attention to electric cars. Um, Somebody said to me this morning, and I've seen it on Facebook, California wants to ban gasoline cars by 2035, and they had to shut off their power grid today and uh, told people not to charge their cars. How is it even possible? Well, let's be careful about this. They're saying by 2035, you can't sell any more gasoline cars, which means they're going to sell gasoline cars up and through 2035. It takes about 12 years from the time an automobile gets on the road on average until it's recycled and taken off the road. So the average life of an automobile in America is about 12 years. It's gone as low as 11 and as high as 13. There are cars that are older and there are cars that are destroyed. That's the average life. But the average life of the American fleet is 12 years. Again, average. What does that mean? That means 2035 plus 12 years to clean out the electric, put the, replace the gasoline fleet with a new electric fleet. So really you're not looking at 2035, you're looking at sometime in the 2040s before you would have to have the resources for complete electrification. Um, we got news for you. If somebody tells somebody that they can build a power plant and make a lot of money, the capital will flow in because those things uh, are great returns on the investment as regulated monopolies, okay? Essentially, you can't lose with a power plant, right? Anybody ever out here hold utility stocks? I'm sure there's a horror story about one or two that went bankrupt over the years, but for the most part, those things are, well, they're utility stocks. You hold them, they pay their dividends, you make some money, you don't get crazy with it, but it's a return on the investment. They'll build out what they need. Now, will it affect the rest of the country? You bet, California is huge. Uh, remains to be seen if they'll go through with it, remains to see how it'll all play out. But I assure you, just like back when they didn't have gasoline, right? You all remember there was once horses eating hay and then they had cars rolling around. At some point, somebody said, well, what good's a car? Because you're going to need gasoline and there ain't nowhere to get gasoline. Well, turns out eventually they built out the networks, roads and the gasoline. They will build out the charging stations. They will build out the electrification and no one will die in a blizzard uh, from freezing to death. Uh, now let's turn to, to my favorite topic here. Um, <laughs> where have the nuclear secrets gone? Where have they gone? Have they gone to Mar-a-Lago? Apparently they went to Mar-a-Lago, right? And the reason I'm, I'm thinking they went to Mar-a-Lago, well, they were supposedly, according to the Washington Post, found at Mar-a-Lago. That's what they're saying. So was there nuclear material at Mar-a-Lago, apparently on a foreign country? Uh, one of the three wise men pointed out on Facebook, right, as is his job, because uh, he loves to comment on everything. Well, how do we know it's an anonymous source, it's anonymous this? It's the Washington Post. It's possible that Jeff Bezos and the boys are just making this all up, but they're sourcing it to anonymous sources that they believe are 
reliable enough. Uh, it would explain the extreme measures of going down there to retrieve it. It would also make sense because it was pretty haphazard what was down there. Um, if it were nuclear secrets, if you remember from our prior podcast, some of those are what we call born secrets, right? Born secrets. Those born secrets um, cannot be declassified in a traditional sense. So even if the magic Trump wand was waved over them, as Bill Barr said, probably could never happen and would be wholly irresponsible to do, but assume it was, well, we would still be in trouble for storing them improperly, for hoarding them, for not keeping them in a secure facility. Uh, so there's a real exposure there. There's real exposure there. Now, where I want to turn to Bill Barr, right? Bill Barr has come out, and we'll talk about Dr. Oz in a second, but Bill Barr has come out and said, it is pretty acceptable what the FBI, the Justice Department had to do because they were being jerked around over these records. The records show that they may have been deceived, but at least uh, Trump's people were not producing or forthcoming. And so Bill Barr, the handpicked attorney general, staunch Republican, establishment guy, maybe some of you think that's the problem. Remember, he was acceptable to Trump to be his attorney general. Bill Barr's come out and said, this is crazy. Of course, they could come down and take these documents and the special master that's been appointed. So one of you just asked me a minute ago in a comment, what's a special master? Uh, someone, I think actually she said, I don't, I've never even heard of a, of a master before. A master is a judicial construction designed to prevent judges from having to do work. So if you've ever been in a custody dispute, you see a custody conciliator. He's like a master for conciliation or she. If you go to the divorce master, that's the divorce master. The U.S. Supreme Court has used special masters to resolve cases between states. Basically, the judge doesn't want to go down and get into the nitty gritty and spend a lot of time on this. That's what a master really means. So the parties pick a person or the judge appoints a person or all three work together. And the person becomes empowered to act in a quasi-judicial function where they pretend they're the judge, make the decisions, write a report, subject to review by the judge. But if the master has to spend 10,000 hours figuring something out, the judge is only going to have to spend 100, right? Because when you're highly compensated and you don't have a lot to do, you really don't want a lot to do, so you appoint a master. Now, sometimes the master has special expertise, right? So it's a land use or land accretion case. So for instance, Mississippi and Louisiana are fighting over the Delta. Maybe the Supreme Court appoints a land expert to be the master to write the report. So it's a lawyer who's an expert on land use and land accretion issues. That's a real thing, by the way. Um, and they author a complicated report involving all kinds of surveying and things that no judge would ever really know. That's where masters come into play. In this particular instance, traditionally, we pick a master when a lawyer's office is raided. Um, one of the things is Trump waited two weeks. So some of you all might remember at one point back when uh, I turned myself in, uh, I allowed the government to come to my law office and search. And that didn't require a warrant. I was cooperating. I said, sure, come on and, and search for anything you want. But at the time they were searching, my lawyer was delivering to the prosecutor a letter saying, oh yeah, by the way, of course they didn't like this, right? But you can't just look through everything you collected. You got to take it all back and you got to get a, a taint or a filter team in place. 
and then you have to, for attorney client privilege, we're going to have to go through everything line by line by line. And, and you're going to have to do this a special way. Um, that's how it's done, right? Even in a podunk case in a podunk town, the lawyers know how you get a master or a filter team or something put in place early in a case. For some reason, Trump's crack legal team, and maybe this is one of the reasons why we're thinking they aren't the best legal team, waited two weeks to decide whether they wanted to even make this request. It looks like they brought in a top flight lawyer from, from Florida who's done a lot of this kind of work, who's very intelligent, who's on top of things. And he started to change the way they're doing things. So the president, former president, is now getting maybe decent legal counsel for the first time in a while. <clears throat> you know, he had the clown patrol of Rudy Giuliani. Um, he had the Kraken lady. Uh, in the best defense that Trump has right now is that he was surrounded by charlatans who misled him on a lot of these issues. You got the Bob girl who signed the paperwork saying oh, she did a diligent search. And then all this stuff gets turned up. I'm surprised the heat's not up on her yet. Um, she's going to need a lawyer for sure. Uh, but Bill Barr has basically disavowed Trump on this. And he has said on Fox News and on CBS, in no uncertain terms, this is problematic that Trump had this stuff down here. And he said, and I, want, I, I think this is important. Some of you are saying, well, these documents were all declassified, so who cares? So let's make that assumption for a minute. To buy that argument, you have to believe that the Trump put up a standing order that anything that was taken to the residence or left the Oval Office was automatically declassified, meaning it didn't matter how important the secret was or how unimportant the secret was. If it just left this magic perimeter, it was no longer classified. As Bill Barr has pointed out, that's crazy. That would be worse than actually taking the stuff down there. While it's classified, having this idea that I'm just going to willy-nilly declassify anything, no matter how important it is, without an individual review of the effect of declassifying these things. So that makes him the most reckless president in history in declassifying all these things. Or it makes him a guy who took a bunch of classified information in Mar-a-Lago. It doesn't matter. Either one is not a good look. Is it a crime? That's a separate question. But in a civil case where the burden is what's more likely than not, we would reach a pretty simple understand it. Trump's not fit to be president simply because of the mishandling of classified information, right? He himself has said that Hillary Clinton's mishandling of classified information rendered her unfit, unfit for office. Okay, I'll buy that. You did what she did. Now, some of you will say, well, she didn't get in trouble, so why should he? So if you're a law and order conservative and you believe in the rule of law and all these things you claim to believe in, and you say, well, because somebody else didn't get in trouble, this guy shouldn't. That means anytime anybody got away with something, nobody else should ever be prosecuted for, investigated for, held accountable for. So if you're raising a kid, you can't punish your kid because other kids in the neighborhood get away with things, right? Isn't that the logic? No, it doesn't work like that. So a true conservative, a true law and order individual will be very frustrated and upset that Hillary got away with it, but would still say, Trump, you are right. A person who would do what Hillary did and now turns out what you did is not fit for office. And if you're going to be the guy, do you guys remember the senator from Pennsylvania, guy from York County a number of years back? He's the one that made it a misdemeanor to solicit a prostitute. It used to be a, like a summary traffic ticket offense. He sponsored the legislation, got it approved on the high moral ground that should you solicit a prostitute, it would be a misdemeanor. And you know what they caught him doing? Soliciting a prostitute. 
and he got convicted under the very statute that he created over you know criminalizing prostitution at the misdemeanor level for solicitation okay so the very guy who did that right sounds familiar that trump says i'm going to make it harder for someone to do what hillary did i'm going to make it a more stiff penalty uh, she's unfit for office but by the way i'm going to do what she does i'm going to do what she does Yeah, 14 boxes or more of records down there, says Josh. I agree. I agree. I'm not sure what implied consent has to do with this, but hey, we'll, we'll run with it for a second. Um, but back to Dr. Oz. Uh, Dr. Oz has come out and said, I would not have voted. Um, I would have voted to approve Joe Biden as president based on the elector. This is a big deal, right? Because this is one of Trump's pet issues. And Oz is sort of disavowing. Oz is creating distance between himself and Trump. Uh, Barr is creating distance between himself and Trump. Other candidates are creating distance, not all, some. And I think people are hedging their bets. People are hedging their bets about whether they want to be associated with Trump, continue to be associated with the Trump name, or whether that's really where they want to be. And where else are we seeing that? We're seeing that with abortion backpedals. After what happened in Kansas the other day, when the vote came down clearly that even in a conservative Republican state, a majority of people didn't want the legislature over restricting abortion. Okay. According to the Wall Street Journal, 70% of people when asked favor uh, access to abortion at any time for a woman. Okay. Now, when they ask the question a little differently, the it goes up like, are you okay with a baby being aborted at you know X number of weeks? And, all these sorts of things as the number gets higher the popularity goes down but the generic question has very high support that's just a fact whether you like it or not whether you believe it or not it's a fact it's a fact that's being proven again and again what really proves it is the internal polls so oh the guy in arizona there's a list of people we can we can google it for republicans who've removed abortion from their website it's like republican candidates are ghosting their date right they were dating the Christian right. They were dating the conservative movement. They were dating this anti-abortion um, uh, force. And now that they found out that that might not carry them through in November, they've scrubbed their websites of language about abortion, about language about conservative social issues. You wouldn't even know they ever talked about it. It's not even like I'm moderating my voice. I'm changing my voice. It's just gone, done. I'm not talking about abortion. Uh, oh, no, I'm all for exceptions of rape and incest. These are people that said before they weren't. Uh, life of a mother, absolutely. Um, psychological problems for a mom, young girl. Uh, yeah, I can, I, can, I can vote for that, absolutely. It's amazing how fast they turn tail on that. Now, we know all the politicians have flip-flopped on abortion, right? Remember Donald Trump? He's flip-flopped on abortion. Remember um, Oz? Well, I don't know if Oz has or not. Um, I voted for Oz, by the way. Um, I was recommend he was recommended to me by somebody. Now, I'm a Republican. I would like to see the Republicans win. I promised you guys I would disparage Joe Biden, right? Do I need it? Why, why do I have to disparage Joe Biden? He's an idiot. Everybody knows that. He's been an idiot for all his years in the Senate. He was an idiot when he came out here to Cumberland County, Pennsylvania for with a shovel for a shovel-ready project that was years being built later. Remember during that first stimulus back in the day under the Biden, Biden uh, 
uh, tarp rollout, right? You guys remember all that stuff? Okay. I do. I remember it. He's not a great president. He's not a horrible president. He's not conspiring uh, with George Soros to destroy the American way of life. That's just not happening. If you believe that, it's time to get this checked. And I'm pointing at my head when I say that, right? Just because somebody's a Democrat doesn't mean they're a demoncrat, doesn't mean they're an evil person, doesn't mean that they're dead set on destroying your country. Okay. The same way that if 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 the Cook brothers, uh, the Koch brothers, or however the hell you say their name, uh, are trying to destroy America, no. Different people have different views of what America should be and how it should flow and, and what the future is and what our values should be. That's being an American. That's being an American. And Joe Biden had it right the other night when he said, part of being it is accepting that when you lose, it doesn't mean it's illegitimate. And I get so mad when someone says Trump was not my president or someone says Joe Biden is not my president. He's our president. Both of them were our presidents. One is now, one was. In America, when somebody wins an election, we have a duty to support the winner of that election. We have an affirmative duty to do that. Doesn't mean we have to vote for them. Doesn't mean we have to like them. Um, doesn't mean we have to support them. Oh, somebody wants to call in. All right, hold on, hold on. So you want to call in, my friend? I'm going to put the number up, all right? I'm going to put the number up. We'll get a caller on here. William, there's the number right there. When you get a chance, you get, I'll, I'll, I'll dial you in, baby. But what I want to let you know, 717-906-5319. Um, what I want to let you know is you have that duty to support that presidential candidate, right? You have a duty to support the person who actually won. Now, what's going on right now? I would like to see the Republicans take control again uh, of the apparatus, but the red wave is being killed by the orange man, okay? Donald Trump needs to shut up, sit down, and get out of, out of Republican politics. It's that simple. And if you keep dragging Trump in thinking he's your miracle cure, he worked once. He was a one-trick pony because it turns out he was – just not the middle ground guy that Republicans need. Remember what I said at the beginning of the show about America diversifying? The Republican Party is diversifying. It's long been known that we have to be a big tent party to succeed. It requires a more moderate viewpoint than some Republicans are willing to give. It requires getting out of the social issues and into the economic issues and running a strong conservative platform on economics, pulling in libertarian values, and staying out of people's bedrooms, marriages, and uteruses. If the Republicans could just stay out of women's uteruses for three days, if the Republicans could just stay out of wacky, conservative, fringe, conspiracy, QAnon theories for a few days, we could pull it together and win in November, okay? But that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen if you guys keep defending the orange man. That's not going to happen if you keep saying, oh, it's okay to hoard classified records. Because, okay, if you're a Democrat, you already hate Trump. If you're one of those mega extremists, you already love Trump. It, the vote's going to break down almost 50-50 in the sense that 
all the Democrats are going this way and all Republicans are going this way. And by the way, Pennsylvania Democrats outnumber Republicans. Remember that. But it's going to split just about even around the country in different places in a lot of places. And then there's this rarefied group called independents. And they include Republicans who often vote Democrat, Democrat often vote Republican, but people are truly in the middle who can go both ways. They are not in love with Trump anymore. They are not. The middle wants nothing to do with him. The numbers bear that out. It's a fool's errand to keep moving in the direction we're moving at this point, okay? It's a fool's errand. What do we hear of here? We got another comment. Uh, Apple says, Republicans are now the party of the philosophical, philosophical error theories. Uh, that's too highbrow for me. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Dan Stewart says, speak it. Speak it. I'm speaking it. I'm speaking as best I can. Um, so where am I going with this? I think it's important. It's important that we go into a post-Trump world, right? People say, we just got to stop talking about Trump all the time, Carl. You're talking about Trump. You guys want to run him in 2024. You guys want to use him as your lead guy in 2022. It ain't working. He's a wounded duck from day one. Uh, he lost to Joe Biden. He lost to Joe Biden. I don't care if you think it was a fixed rigged election. It wasn't. He actually lost the popular vote to Hillary. And he, he you know, jiggered through in a few states where he just beat her. So for him to lose the next time is not a mathematical oddity. By the way, all the House districts that voted Democratic, right, outnumber the ones that voted Republican. Number of Senates went 50-50. So if you just go electoral votes based on House districts, and electoral votes based on Senate, guess who wins? Guess who wins? Oh, we got a caller. Let's see what's going on here. Dwayne. Dwayne. Yo. Yo, you're on, brother. How you doing? Good, boss. How you been? You remember me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Long man, we haven't talked <laughs> we haven't talked live on the air in about six years. So tell me. I've what, been following you for a long time, man. So I, I put the comment. By the way, I'm William. Yeah. But you, I'm not. <laughs> so, so William, let me ask you this. Have I gone nuts yet or what? What's going on with me? No, you're not going nuts. My I, name's Dwayne. Uh, I was with you back five before your incarceration. Yep. I was with you. Um, you remember me? Absolutely. You used to run the uh, used to run the radio on the uh, on the local circuit for me. And, and you were on FM, baby. You were getting about a five to ten mile range. <laughs> um, the pirate signal. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. listen, listen. I just threw up a graphic up here, okay, based on what I'm talking about. Now, Doug Mastriano, right. Doug Mastriano shows up in this Confederate uniform in a in a photograph. I'm not saying he put, trust me. yeah, and I'm not saying he put it on because, because he's a Confederate, right? Um, and then at the Trump rally he's at the other day, the only guy they can find to talk about as a political prisoner from January 6th is the guy who actually thinks he might be Hitler's reincarnation, right? And, and then I've got, I've got this one too, which I like, which is, I'm just joking about this, Jug Mastriano's new police car, uh, which is the General Lee, right? But yeah. Mastriano was giving money to a guy who's openly anti-Semitic 
And, and so my thing is, even if he's not all those things, he's not a great politician because he obviously doesn't vet who he talks to, who he supports, or what he even believes. He's the guy that came out and wanted people's health information to be released because of the COVID thing and thought that everybody should be locked down and, and forced to wear a scarlet letter if they were infected. And then I guess he decided that wasn't politically popular and then became the the open uh, air advocate. I don't know. I, I, what you say you don't trust him. Tell me what's going on. I don't know. I met him a couple of years ago over in York. Um, and there's just some things about him that, well, let's face it, he's a politician. I right. mean, once you're a politician, you're, 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 you're tarnished. Um, you know, I, I've been amongst the belief that for years, we need to stop having politicians and we need to start having people. You know, people need to run for office. We don't need political parties. We don't need politicians. We need people. Right. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's my thoughts. Well, it's always you know, been a struggle. And, and, it's always been a struggle because a citizen legislature, right? Um, in the old days, for instance, George Washington and those guys would get together and play politics, but then they all had to go home and run their businesses and their farms, um, use their slave labor, as the case may be, to run their farms, right? But, but nonetheless, they weren't wedded. The Texas legislature is probably the closest thing to it that we still have, right? They go out of session for long periods of time, and then they only come together periodically, so you can't just be a legislator. And, and just side note, Pennsylvania legislature members are like the second, first, second, or third highest paid in the United States. I think a lot of times it's second no, or third. So It's terrible. So we definitely have a political problem here. We also have no contribution limits in Pennsylvania, never have. Um, you know, the right. judge, the judge that I had for my case got a $500,000 check from a guy who was trying to build a casino. Now, do you think he wanted to hear my defense that I had a gambling problem? <laughs> right. Follow the money. Uh, you, know, you, you know, Carl, I don't know. I don't know a lot. You know, I know what I heard about you. I'm the kind of guy, like, you can make a mistake. Oh, I made but, a huge, you know, you, listen, listen, it's my fault. Able, I'm not, you need to be able to write that mistake. I'm not blaming, you know? I'm I not mean, blaming someone else. I'm just saying I was impaired by gambling and I thought that was worth noting. And, and I drew a judge who literally took the single largest donation, political, do, individual political donation to a judge in Pennsylvania history from a buddy of his who was trying to build a casino to put him on the Supreme court so that he could you know, try to make sure that Gettysburg didn't lose the, the casino the next time around. I mean, that's my theory. Right. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence to prove it. Um, but that's the problem in Pennsylvania, where even if everything I'm saying is crazy and made up in my own mind, the $500,000 check sure makes my theory sound good, right? If we had contribution limits yeah. and it was only 5,000, everybody would say, well, Carl, you're crazy because $5,000 isn't gonna buy a judge, um, you know? Right. So, so yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know much about you. I, I'd love to meet you in person sometime, Carl. Well, I, I really love to. I I've think been following you for years. I'm from Elizabethtown. Um, I've been following you, and 
you know, I there's a lot of things we agree on. There's some things we don't. Which is good. Um, which is good. We should not agree on everything. We should be able to. We should be able to disagree, and that's you know I was. We need to disagree. I was right. I was beating I mean, up the uh, at the beginning of the show. I was beating up the three wise men of Facebook. Okay, and and these cats, I like them all. Um, I literally rushed into a burning building for one of them one time. Okay, and that that's a long story, but I think it should come out someday, right? But they are so caught up on this idea that that only one thing can be right, and that's Donald Trump, and any questioning of him is somehow a terrible thing. Oh, he's he's just another he's just another one of the actors. Yeah. I mean, Donald Trump is no different than anybody else. I mean, he's he's a player. Um, he was put there. Um, he's just another actor, and and that and that's all Mastriano is. He's just another actor. We need to stop putting actors in the government and start putting people in the government. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know. That's my own opinion. I mean, I'm, I know I'm out there. Ah, we're all out um, there. So here's here's what I'm thinking. I like I, the idea that we, what we need to do, we should have a, a broadcast event. Uh, you know, I can do this remotely. So maybe I should work my way down towards E-Town and we can make a day out of it. I'd love to get together with you, Carl. So, so I, mean, I think we, I think you and me would get along. So, what was your, you know? what was the question that made you call in? Well, you know, you said okay back before you were incarcerated. Yeah. I called into your show one night, and you made the comment of implied consent. And implied consent, if most of the American people knew what that meant right it would change the way they think about government i mean you know all the things that we do you know getting a driver's license the biggest thing what a bunch of bs so I so mean, implied we, consent we sign our life away so 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 Dwayne, let's let's talk about that implied consent is this legal fiction okay and what it says is that right. you've you've consented to something without actually consenting. So, so let's just back up for a second. And if I said that rape victim, well, she had implied consent. People would go bat guano crazy. Carl, you are crazy. No woman, uh, no victim would ever have implicit consent because it has to be actual consent. You can't just rape a person and then say they really wanted it because they implicitly agreed to it somehow. Does that to us all the time. Correct. But when Our the government does it, that. that's just good. When the government gives it to you in the hiney, that's just good government, right? <laughs> right. And, and whether you agreed or not, they say, so the example, you like driver's license is a great example. You've implicitly consented. So let's say it's not a right. So the, the courts have struggled with this a little bit because, of course, as somebody pointed out, travel is a right. But then they said, how you travel isn't a right. I guess it's okay. You can go by foot, right? Go by foot anywhere you want. But if you want to use an automobile, you've implicitly consented to certain series of things. And this extends to all areas of activities that you do. When you go hunting, um, you've implicitly agreed that the game warden has more freedom over your body in person than a regular police officer does. 
because you. I don't agree with any of that. Right. It's all. It's all. I don't agree. It's all fiction. It's all fiction, and it's, it's all. all fiction. So, so I'll give you. I'll give you an example, and I'm going to bring up the three wise men again because I. I just love beating up on the three wise men. One of them is quoting the Constitution to me, and the Constitution this, and the Constitution that. And the thing I like to tell people when they quote the Constitution to me, I'm like, read the Constitution. It says that you have a right to a jury trial in all criminal matters. But yet, in many or most minor criminal matters, you have no jury trial because the U.S. Supreme Court said all criminal matters don't include criminal matters that carry a punishment of less than six months, okay? Six months or less. So where does it say that in the Constitution? So every time somebody tells me, oh, it's in the Constitution, I'm like, no, the Constitution says a whole bunch of stuff, and then it gets interpreted by a court who gave themselves that power many years ago, and we've all agreed to it. I guess we've implicitly consented to it. Uh, and they now make those decisions about what the Constitution says, but also what it means. And so if you've never written a letter to your legislature or your court or your judge or jumped up and down because people are stuck without criminal jury trials when the language could not be any more clear in the Sixth Amendment than it is, then you should understand that the Constitution doesn't mean what it says and don't be reading so much into it. And don't tell me the Constitution says this or that or it's not in the Constitution. Because it doesn't matter if your judge is a dyed-in-the-wool conservative, a textualist, an originalist, uh, a wackadoodle, liberal, hippie, twice removed. It doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want to do. That's that's the end what, all. What part of what part of an inalienable right? Inalienable right did I not understand? You know, I mean, uh, an illegal right by your creator. Why? Where did we go wrong? I mean, you know. <laughs> I know. I, I think about this every day. I mean, when it comes to the ATF and all these stupid gun laws, why do we have, why, you can't even use the word gun laws. Well, it's, it's an oxymoron. I'll give you I an, mean, I'll give you an example. Um. So, for instance, we're very comfortable in our society taking guns away from people who've committed crimes, all right, which sounds all well and good. Um, but the reality is most of the people you're taking the guns away from aren't the people who are going to commit the crimes again, right? And many times people are many years removed from their crime and they get this permanent disability on them from a fundamental right. And so if you believe something's a fundamental right, you should never cheer when it's taken away. In fact, it should be only in the most extreme cases that a fundamental right is taken away from anybody. And if, if people are okay with the Second Amendment being restricted in a lot of circumstances, then they're not really understanding it as a fundamental right. And, and that might be the, their uh, pr prerogative. Uh, unless, you're unless you're Don Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, Don, um, Don, Don brings a very interesting overlay to the show uh, and, and the commentary on Facebook, which, by the way, I, I hope people understand this. This podcast is really merged with my Facebook pages, right? So if you're listening to this, you should be following the page. If you're following the page, you should be listening to this because it's an ongoing discussion all the time. And, and that's why I'm ribbing the three wise men like I am because they contribute to, I mean, they do more to drive up my, my viewership than anybody else on there with their constant and incessant whining. Ugh. Um, 
by the way, since I got you on here, I'm going to throw up this one because I like this one. Uh, Doug loves your uterus and Hitler too. The only January 6th guy they could highlight in Scranton was this guy. And again, I go back to that. Um, the reason why I say Doug loves your uterus is because he has this very strong uh, play on abortion that, you know, listen, I just don't think in Pennsylvania you get elected being uh, in favor of abortion with no exceptions. I just don't think that's a good stance for a Pennsylvania candidate. It might be a good stance for a godly man, but it wouldn't be a good stance for a Pennsylvania candidate. Um, and I'm not even sure that a good stance for a godly man would be no abortion. There are religious people suing now to say that their religious rights are being denied because I think there's some Methodists going to be suing in Florida and some Jewish people going to be suing in Florida saying that their particular religious beliefs require that the woman's health and mental health be balanced against the baby's right to live and health and, and wellness. And, and they have a whole different standard uh, well, based on their religion. Abortion is, abortion is own issue, um, you can't necessarily make it illegal. If you do, you're just, it's like the drug war. You know, right. the, the war on drugs doesn't work. It's a war on behavior. It's a war on people. Um, believe me, I can tell you firsthand that I've been part of it, and, and part of it from the, from the, the, the bad side. Yeah. Um, it's, it's abortion same thing. I mean, you know, you can't make it illegal because if you do, it's just going to, the problem just going to get worse. Well, and, and, and it's, uh, it's interesting you say that because one of the things in, in for, for instance, people with addictions uh, are taught something called cognitive behavioral therapy. And, and what I call CBT, uh, what I call it is just basic realism and recognition, right? So people, places, and things. If Every time I go out drinking with my coworkers after work, I get a DUI. A person who practices CBT would say, I should not go out with my coworkers to a bar because it leads to a bad consequence. Well, that same logic is if we make something super illegal, it often doesn't actually become illegal. It gets pushed underground and becomes more problematic. The war on drugs is a good example like you gave abortion there there when we phrase things as these strong moral issues and we say there can be no exceptions then we don't allow exceptions um it doesn't really work out well when the reality is there will be people who will try to get these things or will need these things or will do these things regardless so they repealed prohibition for a very good reason it turns out the american people as a whole just wouldn't stop drinking right and the illegality and the pushing of it underground led to all kinds of other societal problems, which we're still grappling with. Um, I got an idea, Carl. Yeah. Why don't we make caffeine illegal? What? <laughs> I mean, come on. We've made everything else illegal. You could add it what to my soda. Caffeine? By the way, right. Coke and Pepsi add the caffeine to this stuff, right? Right. I mean, right. it's the same thing. We made everything else illegal. Why not caffeine? Uh, if, we, if we put caffeine onto the the, the the list of things that are illegal, you realize we can lock every American citizen up. My, isn't that the goal? My good friend, uh, Bob Durgan, God rest his soul, 
was talk, we were talking about alcohol and marijuana one time and talking about the legalization of marijuana back when everybody thought it would never be illegal. And I remember I said to Bob, you can't rationally make alcohol legal and marijuana illegal. You can make them both illegal or you can make them both legal, right? But you can't rationally make one legal and the other one not legal because they're both mind altering substances. They both come with health issues. They both come with substance abuse issues. There might even be an argument that alcohol comes with more um, family violence and, and missed work than marijuana does. There may be that argument, but nonetheless, they're both vices. And if you're going to allow one, why would you care about the other? You know, logically, again, it's just one of those things like, so caffeine, I agree. What's the benefit of caffeine versus the, the downside? What's it? What, look at. Remember when? Remember when uh, Bloomberg uh, wanted to regulate sugary sodas because he wanted people to eat healthier? Um, there's, there's actually something to that. He's not crazy. Um, people eating healthier would be easier on government, easier on healthcare expenses, etc. But we're not going to tolerate that because we want a certain level of personal freedom, or at least uh, arguably we do. But to circle all the way around, Dwayne, back to implied consent, a lot of times people give up rights, people give in to the government, um, people give up things that belong to them without realizing it by either not exercising their rights or not knowing what rights they have or just allowing government to take more and more. So one day you wake up and say, well, what about? And they say, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that anymore. You mean I'm not allowed to do that anymore. No, you can't do that anymore. It's just the way it is. Um, you know, if you get into a child custody battle right now, you might lose your right to smoke in the car with the kid in the back seat. <laughs> Maybe that was never smart to begin with, right? But for some reason in an intact marriage, uh, you can smoke with the windows rolled up uh, with your kids in the back seat of the car. In an unintact marriage, the best interest of the child suddenly uh, rises to the surface. I've always found that fascinating. Uh, Dwayne, I'm gonna let you go because I'm gonna wrap up the show, brother. Well, great talking to you too. Don't how many years? I know it's been like yeah. six, seven. Don't be a stranger. Uh, yeah, been a while. Don't be a stranger. All right. Always good to hear old familiar voices. I think you've been talking to me all the way, going all the way back to the WHP 580 days. Uh, listen, guys, what was the theme tonight? The theme was there's a lot of stuff going on, little things to answer, a little of this. But if you want Republican wins. If you want that, be realistic. Let's go back to that cognitive behavioral therapy, okay? Trump lost the last election. You can claim all the things you want to claim. At the end of the day, he's not a strong candidate because even if a little voter fraud pushed Biden over the top, it wouldn't be possible with a strong candidate. I'm not saying to happen. I'm just trying to appeal to your sense of rationality, okay? Find solid candidates and please, please get out of the social issues. Get most, it's okay, all right? It's okay for Republicans to get together and say, let's just stay away from the social issues. Let's worry about the financial issues, business. Let's worry about the middle-class wealth. Let's worry about schools and making them good. Let's worry about roads, making them safe. Let's worry about infrastructure, making it strong. And let's just stay out of people's personal lives. If we do that, we'll be the strongest party in the history of America. 
All right. Take care, guys.